Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trinity. We are back again with another super fun topic on the table this week. My name is Gracie, and I am once again joined by... Hello, everyone. My name's Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about... Uh, many things, but namely BL and all its subcategories, as well as the fandom. Um, this is going to be a pretty heavy, or not heavy, but pretty long episode for my guests in comparison to the other ones, because we are going not only into like um, examples of anime slash stories within this group, but we're also going to talk about the fandom itself and even branch off into talking about other countries and how they do this sort of uh, storyline. But before I go any further, I thought this would be a good time to at least give some definitions for some major terms. As you guys listening probably have heard, there's many forms of BL. There's actual BL, boys love. And then there's terms like shonen eye and yaoi. And so um, before, you know, anyone starts uh, getting a little confused on whether they're the same or they're different, um, Agnes, will you do the honor of describing what each group is and what their official definition is? Sure. We're going to start kind of in chronological order of how these terms came to be in Japan, starting from around the 1770s. Story time. So the first term that is coined in the 1970s is shonen ai, which is a genre that describes the relationship between beautiful boys and stories that are catered towards female audiences. These stories usually feature a romance or a budding relationship relationship between men whether it's platonic or not from the shonen eye genre it would spur fans to create lots of fan stories fan comics and games that would lead into what is now commonly known as the bl genre or the boys love genre which is much more explicit in showing the romance between the romance or the sexual relationships between men and is still typically targeted by women audiences um, the equivalent to shonen eye would be considered shoujo eye for female relationships, and I would say the closest definition for BL would be the yuri genre in itself. Any questions so far? Are we we good? So actually, um, for shonen eye, you said that it's like it can be platonic. Yes. So the the way that they structured the genre originally was that. It's just it's just a story about beautiful men, about beautiful young boys. Oh. Um, so it so if you actually look in some if you actually look at other mangas that are categorized as shonen eye and featured in some shonen eye targeted magazines, some of them aren't even about uh, romantic relationships between men. It can just be it's just like a like a fantasy adventure story with a bunch of male characters, but it has kind of like a shoujo charm thrown into it. Okay, that's really interesting. I, you know what? I made the mistake where I thought Shonen I and BL were essentially the same, but I am it, wrong. It can, so. it can be. I mean, it evolves into becoming like that. Now Shonen I is targeted a little bit more at hinting like, hey, 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 there might be a romance, ha, 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 um, versus BL is much more explicit in showing that. Okay, no, that's really interesting. So um, then what about Yaoi? Where does Yaoi come into it? Because I'm sure that all of us have heard about Yaoi. People comment about it. And in fact, annoyingly, we have, you know, people who 
if they see a gay couple, even if they're a supporting gay couple in an anime that is not at all focused on romance, immediately people comment like, yaoi, that's yaoi. So what the heck is that? So yaoi is actually a parody that is derived from the shonen eye and the BL genre. The term yaoi is an acronym for a Japanese term or a Japanese phrase called uh, I'm sorry if I butcher this, my bad, I'm not Japanese. Yamanashi o ochinashi iminashi, which is no climax, no fall, no meaning. Essentially, if there's no sex, what's the point? For people who write fan fiction, this is probably falls under the category of porn without plot. And usually, yaoi encompasses a lot of very explicit sex scenes or otherwise. A lot of fans even joke around that another acronym is yamete oshi ushiri ga itai, which means stop, my butt hurts, as an explanation of, you know, uh, men inserting themselves through the butt. Uh, the yaoi genre is actually more popular in the West, and the West tend to interchange between yaoi and BL to describe homosexual male relationships in manga and anime. But typically, Japan uses the term, sees BL and yaoi as two distinct genres. Wait, yaoi started as a parody? <laughs> Yeah, Yaoi's a, Yaoi's a really interesting parody. They actually made a lot of fun of that. They have like a ton of magazines for Yaoi itself as just to make fun of all of these things. What? <laughs> I guess because, I mean, you just explained it because it's more popular in the West. So I feel like Westerners sort of take Yaoi to be a lot more serious than it is then in that case. <laughs> I think it's just because the West tends to sensationalize a lot of concepts and ideas coming from other foreign countries. So rather than targeting, looking at BL as just, you know, describing a wholesome relationship between two men, they're like, wow, Yaoi is hardcore male porn. You know, let's advertise this. Let's kind of blow away the world with how intense and potentially sex, potentially with a lot of like sexual domestic violence and things like that in there. It's a different wow factor that really captures the West. But it's not an accurate depiction by any means of the actual uh, LGBT community in Japan or elsewhere in the world. Just a reminder for viewers. Wow, that's, oh. that is crazy. I did not know that. That is so interesting. Are there any any other terms that might be related to this? Because I actually only know Shonen I, BL, and Yaoi. I don't know of any other terms aside from There is one more term, and I think it's lesser known compared to the first three. It's called Bara. It's a subgenre of BL and Yaoi that features more macho and muscular male relationships. As you can see in a lot of Shonen I, BL, and Yaoi, they're like very beautiful men with like you know characteristic pointed chins like chiseled chins and like big yaoi hands right you usually see that in a lot of comics oh yes but, the jawlines the jawlines yeah yeah the jawlines the, 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 yeah 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 yeah. you see it in the there's a parody I'm gonna go off real for a second there's a parody called Gaku and Handsome the anime where it's literally guys with just triangular chins to parody off yeah it's actually a triangle and they use it in the in the in the VN novel, and sometimes the chin can use to stab people because of how pointy oh, it is. Wait. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Wait, it's an actual weapon in the context. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Ah! Some of, it's some of it's some of the VNs. If you see some of the screenshots, like some of the characters like stabbing each other with their chins, and I'm like, this oh my is great. gosh, that's oh, amazing. Wow. <laughs> um, but Bada in general is different. They're like most of the males depicted in the Bada genre are big, buff beefy cakes like you see in Golden Kamui. I guess like Golden Kamui is also an example of like underlying butter tones right there. 
<laughs> Especially with the sea otter scene, am I right? Yes. Um, so the bar- the barish subgenre targets gay male audiences who aren't quite attracted to the pretty boy aspect that is found in like Shonen Ai, Beale, and Yaoi. And usually the authors who write Bara tend to be gay male authors themselves. Oh, this is really uh, cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. So versus in Shonen Ai, BL, and Yaoi, they're typically done by women because it was targeted for female audiences. But around the, around the same time, you know, you have actual male gay people who are just like, yeah, you know, maybe this is not what, what I see personally. So they show a more accurate depiction of how, um, like, these men look, they're not, they can be like hairy, they can be super uh, buffy, not super attractive, but there's still a certain appeal for men who are gay in Japan. And these stories in the Bada subgenre tend to combine the explicit sex scenes that you see in Yaoi, but also acknowledge the taboo of homosexual relationships in Japan. I am very intrigued by this. Yes, I... there's, it's a very, it's very interesting. I started reading more like bara mangas or at least like the ones that have like really wholesome relationships and i'm like wow this is so nice <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't all look like cute boys <laughs> oh i really like i i really like this and i appreciate that they're written by gay male authors just because they should be able to write it you know like yeah, it shouldn't it's, just be it's their women story writing it ri- written for mm-hmm. females so <laughs> right because I vote for the longest time. I always thought to myself, like, why do people see so much appeal in Yaoi when Yaoi or BL may or may not be an accurate depiction of what the LGBT community is like? You know, mm-hmm. these are written from a female point of view who may not be involved in homosexual relationships. So how do they know? How do they really envision it compared to people who do experience it as in these uh, these gay male authors? Yeah, I, I mean, I just... Wow, I I wish this word was more well known now. Just now that I know what it means and like, yeah, that's really insightful. Yeah, um, uh, Wikipedia is a great source for that. It's it's huge. There's yeah. the, the article <laughs> for just the BL section in Yao in um, in Wikipedia is huge. There's tons of historical information and citations of authors that are have been involved in this industry for quite a while. Well. Thank you, Agnes, for this extremely well done um, definition for the four groups. Um, yeah, that's I, I'm gonna have. To, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down because that's I'm interested in that. So, um, I guess out of curiosity, are any of you two um, have any of you two really dived into the four groups, any of the four groups, and, like, what are your thoughts about the stories in there? I really also interchanged Yaoi and BL, you know, sometimes, but I definitely do uh, like shows of Shonen Ai as well, and, you know, when I look at, like, animes that I've seen, they're labeled as Shonen Ai, um, and usually they're really short, too, so I really yeah, like yeah, watching them as well, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe I'm into the pretty boys type, but... <laughs> that, uh, exactly what I usually watch, or you know, it's marketed as that mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I would say I pretty much watch those shows. I know we were talking about Given before, so that was a pretty nice show uh, that came out recently. And I also watched older shows like uh, Sekaiichi Hatsukoi. That one I feel like is a pretty pretty good classic as well in terms of shows. Oh, actually, um, now that you mentioned Sekaiichi, so I didn't. 
I didn't watch that one first. Mm-hmm. I watched the other one, June. Um, oh, June Jo. Jujuko Romantica. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I watched that one first, and that actually gave me a bad view on it. So, um, my journey into understanding BL or the subcategories as well as its fandom started off really negatively because um, when I first learned about it, I was um, I was in high school and um, and I decided to check it out just to see what the story's like because that's all I ever do is I chase after stories mm-hmm. and um unfortunately I watched Junjutsu uh, uh Junjutsu I can't even Junjo Junjo Romantica first and I it was just like the second episode in my opinion I'm like I think I'm pretty sure Usagi just raped Misaki and so, because because yeah. I distinctly remembered Misaki being like, like at first it was consensual and it seemed like they were getting into it, but then Misaki got scared and he was like, you know, maybe like you know what, like never mind, let's not do this. And then Usagi just continued, and I was like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, pause right there. He just he said he got scared, and you like no, like no. Uh-huh. And so that gave me a really 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 bad view of um this like genre essentially because especially since i knew that jinjo uh, jinjo romantica was extremely popular amongst the fans and like amongst uh this fandom that only rubbed me off even more wrong because i'm like the fact that majority of you guys are women or females who can't see that this is straight up rape is really disappointing and really disturbing to me. And so that's why I like I started off actually very vehemently against this genre because of my first experience and knowing a lot of people supported this story. I don't know what Sekaiichi's like because I kind of stayed away from the author after that, but I heard it's better than Jinjo Romantica. So I don't know, like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Sekaiichi, I feel like is kind of a, uh, if I had to describe it, kind of a, a softer version of Junjo, probably. I haven't seen all of Junjo, so that's why. But uh, the characters are definitely similar, like, like you know, having, like, three types of couples in the show. Um, and, yeah, it's definitely more of, like, a mental thing, too. Like, the main character, kind of, uh, Onodera, kind of, like, pushes um, his uh, the other guy away. So it's kind of more... And then you also see like the other couples as well, and I feel like it's definitely more shown and I were like, they uh, for sure they like each other, but it's more and all the episodes are kind of the same, or they just kind of lead up to that relationship. They build a relationship based on the episodes and stuff. It's not something like very forced, um, that you know that you might have seen in Junjo or something like that. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good because I like I I shouldn't let so, like one thing be the thing that decides me to be so against mm-hmm. it, but unfortunately it did just leave such a bad taste in my mouth when I saw it. And then it also didn't help cuz this was the era when you watched anime on YouTube and you had yellow subs and they were like oh. in parts like 4 or 5 or like 10 sometimes. And so um I I saw like more yaoi clip or like specifically yaoi clips mm-hmm. uh suggested to me later because I had checked out Junjo Romantica out of curiosity and 
Um, and then even the other yaoi clips I saw were even more blatantly rape. And oh. they, like, form a romantic relationship around it. And then I see all these comments talking about how hot it is. And, oh, I just had such a terrible, terrible view on the genre and the people involved that I basically was like, wow, like, you guys, you guys have no morals. <laughs> you guys have no ethics to think that this is hot when it is straight up rape. And so, um, and so I had, like, a terrible view on both the fandom and um and the genre but luckily um i do think while it was more commonplace back then like when i was in high school i think the stories have changed and pivoted quite a bit because you mentioned given and given is a fairly new manga and and it's not at all like have any sort of problematic toxic behaviors of forcing sex or manipulating someone into sex or rape or straight up raping them it's actually like real romantic development between the groups and so and I also have seen more manga and more um anime or not maybe maybe not anime but just like cds or heard more cds as a whole that has become much more focused on romantic emotional development between the guys than it is just about like forcing sex to happen as soon as possible. And so I do think it's changing. And with that change, would you say that BL, Yaoi, and like Shonen and I are kind of like molding together now as like the years had gone by? Would you say that? Since there used to be a clear distinction with Yaoi being like extremes, like it's, you know, it's like you said, um, it's porn without plot. And then BL is more about like, the a romantic relationship but it's it almost feels like they've sort of like combined together as of late i don't know what do you guys think yeah i think it definitely has has that umbrella i feel like you can use bl as kind of like an umbrella term for most of you know what we discussed and all the information there um because they're moving towards you know more story relationship based things and more character development as well within those relationships and the maybe the love story kind of takes like a it's like developed later which feels more real in a sense right that's kind of how yeah. relationships develop in real life and so I really like that focus moving into it um Sekaiichi is kind of like the thing where it's like a first love type thing so kind of moving away from that also um mm -hmm. maybe you do have a first love in you know a BL anime show manga what, what have you but um the fact that they focus more on their emotions and then like you said you know how the relationship develops is definitely something that I feel like what BL is nowadays. Um, I think, yeah. Some of the some of the shorter ones too, could they kind of just focus on little interactions between the guys, and that's kind of what gets the girls too, or what um, the audience really likes is just those little little interactions. Well, because it becomes cute in the <laughs> sense that it's like, oh, it's a couple interacting. Like it's less yeah. about you know the gayness or anything. It's it's just it becomes really cute, and mm -hmm. it's just romance, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Agnes, you've been really quiet. Like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't watch or read a lot of BL or Yaoi. I just know a lot of things just from, like, scouring the internet and, like, peripherally skirting around the edges of the fandom in general. Because, like you, Gracie, I also did not have a good experience with the Yaoi fandom and community. I didn't really like how they saw a lot of things 
in mm-hmm. Yaoi and how they kind of try to perpetuate that in a lot of the the fan comics or their views of the characters. But I will also agree that now that we're moving forward, there seems to be a, a mix with the BL and the Yaoi and the Shonen I, at least for the West. And the West seems to be more accepting of the overall encompassing BL that focuses on the male relationship, especially with the with the release of Given. Mm-hmm, which yeah. as a which as a very funny tidbit was actually done by a Dojin artist. The oh. Dojin artist for really popular Haikyuu uh, BL uh, short set of vignettes was actually created given after she got uh, published with her Haikyuu Dojins. I did not know that. Yeah. Who did I did she not know ship? that either. <laughs> Who did she I, ship in Haikyuu? Now that it was Elizabeth and Oikawa. <laughs> Wait, say that again? It was Iwaizumi and, Oik- and Oikawa. Oh, of course. That's a classic. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually read most of them. They're actually really good. <laughs> Wait, so um, you, but you did mention, like, you didn't really like how the fandom and the community conducted themselves and, like, what they perpetuated. Like, what, what were you thinking about specifically when you said that? They're really thirsty. Like, absurdly thirsty to the point like like you said they'll ship any canonical male character that gets within six feet or less of each other mm-hmm. social distancing am i right um of each other and just be like oh my god i can see like the sparks flying their ship oh my god they're so gay for each other you know these these things like that and and at one point like it kind of goes off the rails where they decide to you know really write yaoi and porn and i'm just like I don't know if I feel comfortable about this. And I've always viewed LGBTQ couples as couples. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that defines them in any sort of way. They shouldn't be defined as erotic or fetishized. They are people who are just in love with each other. Mm -hmm. So I stayed away from the Yaoi community because I'm like, I don't think... For when I was younger, I was like, I don't know if this is representative or not. This doesn't Mm -hmm. sound Mm -hmm. right. It sounds weird. I did know like a hand. I did know a handful of people when I was going to high school who identified themselves as like queer or gay in the LGBT community, and I'm like, these people would never do something like that. Like mm-hmm. they would never do some such violent and such abusive acts like rape that you commonly see in like early 2000s yaoi. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, and what you reminded me actually, I remember a forum specifically where a gay man, where he wrote that he's a gay man, and he's like. I feel very fetishized by you straight women. Or he's like, it seems like Ooh. you guys are are recognizing yourself out. as straight women. And he's like, and I feel very fetishized. Like, do you guys just, is that how you guys imagine our sex to be or how our relationships to be and stuff like that? And believe it or not, the people commenting actually had the audacity to push back and be like, well, this is what we like or what we prefer and stuff like that. And I'm like, you oh, guys no. should not have a say in this considering this is an actual gay man, man like talking about relationships that he personally experiences and so it it just you're right it gives off such a bad like it gives off such a bad impression you know um like i understand people's enthusiasm for it's a weird double-edged coin and that's that's kind of like how i get the feeling of the internet where people will say they support a specific stance or group or you know ideology but they take it way too far out of the original uh context of it 
And in a sense, this, this is the Yaoi is an example of that. It goes way, way, way to the extreme where it's no longer what it's supposed to be. Or at least like BL in this case. I think um, another thing uh, that you pointed out that also makes me remember is um, a lot of these uh, Yaoi fandoms, they don't, they always accuse others of not accepting them and not and, oh, and yeah. being homophobic and like not accepting like the couples that they ship because they're homophobic and stuff like that. And while I don't disagree with the fact that there are a lot of homophobic activities that happens in the anime community as a whole, unfortunately, I don't think they help their cause a lot of times because um, sometimes they will re- react very viscerally to people who aren't saying homophobic things and have not been saying homophobic things, but just because they ship the male and the female characters together, they would literally yeah. attack. Does everyone remember the Mika Yu fandom from Oari No Seraph that actually canceled oh, the couple for oh. anime trending? I remember that uh, fiasco. Yeah. Yeah, that was a prime example of, um, so, uh, Owari no Seraph has, um, many characters, and one of the ships, uh, featured there is, uh, Yu and Mika, who are childhood friends. Um, mm-hmm. while I don't deny the viability of the ship, because, um, I did end up reading the manga later, and it, it does become pretty clear that Mika, um, holds romantic feelings towards Yu, they, you technically has multiple ships. One of them is with a girl named Shinoa who also has a crush on him. So both ships are very much like, I wouldn't, like not canon, but very much legitimate ships within the context of the story because both of them, the girl, uh, girl Shinoa and the guy Mika have a crush on you. And the Mika you fandom was literally attacking anyone in the anime trending couples comment section who would say something along the lines of oh yay shinoa you they're so cute or something like that and be like oh you're being homophobic you know maybe you should stop being homophobic and everything like that and it caused such a ruckus that um our overlord had to cancel the couple shit the couple's charts right (laughs) like (laughs) yeah that was kind of crazy yeah based on the comments and everything during that time Mm-hmm. and how I mean, grant- mm-hmm. yeah and it's like and, and granted there were like homophobic comments in there as well but it was like it was like they were adding fuel to the fire instead of like taking the higher ground like does that make sense at all <laughs> oh no that's definitely for sure there's something weirdly toxic about at least the yaoi western fandom mm. that is highly hypocritical in the fact that they say, like, oh my gosh, you're so homophobic, but they're writing and saying things from perhaps a cis woman point of view or heteronormative point of view, rather than somebody who is actually gay mm-hmm. or in such of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And another, like, even with Given, Given is a, I highly suggest this anime, by the way, but Given is a very well-written um, romance between... Uh, with a gay couple or the main character the main couple is a gay couple but it's a very well written well fleshed out romance story and even with given i remembered one time like i unfortunately would always have to monitor my posts to delete and block people who are being homophobic but um i do remember when the couple's charts came out um given couple was like on top and then 
Number nine was a straight couple from another anime that has nothing to do with Given. That is also really cute because I watched the anime. I I like that couple that was at number nine. It was they were very cute and very um and very non toxic as well. And one guy just commented like, "What? Like why is why are they only at number nine? They should be higher, you know, sort of thing." Like that's it. That's the entirety of his comment. And these Given fans immediately started going like, "Maybe you should stop being homophobic. Like maybe you just have uh... trouble seeing like." Yeah, and I, it blew my mind to see them reply to him like that when I'm like, okay, I have been monitoring homophobic comments. I have been deleting them. I have been blocking them because our community does not accept any sort of homophobia. But I'm like, that is not a homophobic comic. That is a guy who just wishes his ship was on a higher position, and that was it. And you guys are immediately jumping to attack him to say he is. And it like it was like it was at that moment where I was like, and you guys wonder why you aren't, you know, accepted. Like this is part of the reason why. Because here's someone who very well may not have an opinion on your community at all, you know, but then you're attacking him for a very harmless comment that shows no form of homophobia for being homophobic. Like, of course he's gonna have a bad view on you and like your friends in this fandom. And so, um, and it, and I, I actually had to go in and be like, everyone, like, I'm the person who writes about Given. Leave this guy alone. He has not said a single homophobic thing. And so, like, that was the only way I had to stop it. And it's, like, it's, it's really insane to me that they don't seem to see, like, how they're sort of, like, hurting themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not helping their case by, you know, attacking and commenting like that when it's, you know, completely... Uh, just you know whatever they wish to comment and it's not attacking anyone in general um, and the fact that they're jumping on it but yeah thank you for you know watching those comments as well and helping the community helping educate the community as well here for sure yeah oh i mean no no, no. Like, that was like a very minor thing i had to do wait don't praise me that makes me feel awkward don't do that. praise gracie oh, praise um, more but on the topic of the whole um you know, BL, Yaoi, and Shun and I, like, I, I'm kind of curious, do you guys like the fact that there is a specific terminology or group or genre for, for like, um, male gay couples? Or um, would you prefer them to eventually in the future all go under the romance genre? Like, because I know that's, yeah, some people would... Some people think it's alienating that they even have the specific terms like coined for them because they're like, we're just we're just guys who fall in love. You know, we're looking for the same thing as any straight couple, bi couple or, you know, any couple out there are looking for when it comes to a relationship. So we should really just be romance and nothing else. And I kind of want to hear your opinions and thoughts on that matter. Mm, That's a good one. I think for now, I definitely like the labels on it because I know what I'm getting into. And okay, if I am if I'm looking for a BL series, uh, then yes, I I would like to see that tag on there. Um, mm-hmm. But associated with that, I would also like to see the romance tag with that. So I feel like those kind okay, of okay. So you kind of like want both essentially. Yeah, right, I want both. So I want the romance, and then the BL can be like a subcategory of that. Like, oh, this is a, a BL type romance, you know? Uh, yeah, I like yeah. that. Okay, so that's the kind of way. Of, Mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of other anime databases have been doing that, where, like, especially, like, uh, my anime list, my anime list may not be as reputable now, but it's still such a big impact on the anime community. If you look at their 
like, I guess, BL or Yaoi category, most of the shows underneath that category usually have a romance tag attached to it. So there is a possibility that we'll be moving forward in that direction of having romance as a main category and BL as a subcategory. But I, I definitely agree that that should be a thing until more and more wholesome or understanding or like complicated BL continues to come out because completely removing the tag now is way too early. Um, the anime community is still quite homophobic at times. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese community, the Japanese uh, society as a whole is still not very inclusive of the LGBT community. So it might, it will still require those tags in the long run, maybe 10, 20 years now until things begin to really be accepted into norm of society. So out of curiosity, um, Would you be able to speak to us about how the LGBT community right now is in Japan? Like how they are like socially or, you know, how people view them and stuff. Like, did you do any research on that beforehand? I I know I didn't assign it, but now I (laughs) wish I did. So (laughs) Um, I actually didn't do a lot of I didn't do research on the LGBT community since today's focus is on the yaoi fandom as a whole especially represented in the west but from what I can tell based off of you know cursory wikipedia searches and a couple articles online the LGBT community is not as friendly or acknowledged as compared to western countries still which is very typical because japan is an asian country and the lgbt concept is still um not something that conforms to their society it's still very different or alien in this sense there are a couple cities and towns in japan that openly accept lgbt communities as and register them under uh under marriages for unions but i oh. think japan as a whole still does not entirely acknowledge them and I didn't or know there were cities that did that though so kudos to very, those cities very, yeah very individual cities and towns um that's the kind of the beauty about japan is that even though they're very uh, they're very tight knit. They consider themselves Japanese and Japanese only. They are. They all. They also have a bit of autonomy within like their individual cities to promote these types of things, which is quite nice. I think when you're these cities are trying to strive for progress. No, that that's that's really. I didn't even. Yeah, it's like when you said that there were cities doing that. I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, um, that's really cool to hear. It's interesting because um, what prevented the West from sort of accepting the LGBTQ community lies more in the fact of religion. But because religion isn't much of a thing in the East of any Asian countries, aside from South Korea and the Philippines, I would say, it's like they're still against it, but it's become more of like a familiarity reason on why they don't accept it versus like a more religious reasons. And I, and I think that's like, it's, it's funny how like they have very different reasonings for it. And yet it ultimately ends in like the same spot. So, um, West versus East guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, um, it wouldn't be right to do an episode about BL and Yaoi and like Shonen Ai without mentioning one very particularly famous um, anime that could arguably, um, you know, broke the glass ceiling in regards to genres, which is Yuri on Ice. Um, did any of you guys watch that anime? Oh, yeah, I totally did. Okay. Did you, Agnes? Uh, Agnes, did you? I definitely watched it, yeah. Okay, so um, I wanted to hear your thoughts about Yuri on Ice, namely its success and whether you think the hype for, you know, and the hype and representation was what it should have been. Um, and if you think it, it is, like, it deserved all the applause it got, like, you know, please explain why. And if you don't think it deserved the applause, um, please also go into that as well. Um, whoever wants to start first can start. <laughs> uh, I'll start with that. I think it definitely did. Um, because, one, I feel like I feel like everything in that show was great in terms of the music and everything. And also, I don't feel like it was a very strong, like, yaoi type concept or some, something intense obviously i mean these guys it, it could be labeled as any other sports anime just with all guys and but a real a romantic relationship between guys which doesn't usually happen in other sports anime when you have tons and tons of guys and um so i think that little twist and the fact that you know it's between not only that it was between victor and yuri which isn't, you know, they're not a Japanese couple. It's kind of international as well. So I think that also added into it. And the fact that, you know, it, the in, I feel like the international community really, really lo- love the show. So I think it definitely deserved all the applause it got and all the attention it got as well, you know, just based off the scenes and how the anime was shown to uh, the audience as well as the response, really. Okay, and what about you, Agnes? <laughs> So I first watched it in the winter with my friends. We like binge through it and I was screaming by the end of it. It was a great show. I think in terms of execution and the anime as a whole, it's very well done. The yaoi aspect is definitely a twist, but I think it's something that was groundbreaking, like a groundbreaking concept that needed to break through that yaoi versus anime type of thing. Yeah, like, it can be a different, like, it doesn't, if it has a gay couple, it's not just BL, it's BL and sports, like, that sort of thing. Right, exactly. And it really, like, breaks that fourth wall to audiences, like, hey, you know, these type of shows exist, these types of people exist, let's get screen time for it, let's educate, let's show people more that these things are not what the fandom and the, you know, parodies look like, which was... It was done in a really interesting concept, but it does the romance doesn't overshadow the actual plot of just winning the championship. So I um before I, I tell you my personal opinion, um I do wanna introduce one of my friends' opinion who is gay. Um he was actually not the biggest fan of Yuri on Ice, and most importantly, he did not feel that Victor and Yuri's relationship was a good one. He pointed out that there was like a power imbalance that he always sees in these stereotypical ones and that one clearly has 
more of a say slash like a higher position. Obviously, that's Victor. Um, and someone who's sort of like in the more apprenticeship sort of position that bothered him a lot. And um, he also felt like the anime actually didn't go far enough. He thought that the relationship was really rushed. And when Victor had kissed Yuri, he didn't even he didn't even think that Victor kissed him. He thought it was just a hug and stuff like that because he's like Victor is always very lovey dovey slash like feelsy towards everyone he cares about. And so it wasn't like anything special to him in his opinion when it happened. And so um, with like his opinion on the matter, um, does that sort of change how you view some of the parts of Yuri on Ice or would you still say like it was an important step for anime to make regardless? Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I also agree it was kind of rushed in a sense because I didn't really catch those feels towards until like it was towards later in the anime. Mm, but yeah, even so, I th- I still think it was like a big big step because this is something that was not in other anime or shown in other anime really, and mm-hmm. real you know being really accepted by the community or not so much kind of like a niche group within the anime community just watching this show. So I still think it's important. Um, even though it might not represent exactly, or, you know, having that power and balance as well. Um, that is another factor, but I still think that it was important as well. It doesn't really change my point of view on it, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about you, Agnes? I definitely agree with what your gay friend said, because there is still that power imbalance that you see in most yaoi mangas, they're coined as uke and seme, which surprisingly are actually martial arts terms to define somebody who is the attacker or being or asserting their dominance versus the uke who is receiving or being more not submissive, but like taking it in, being of the defense. Um, it's very common in yaoi to introduce those tropes, which I can see why he's like really offset by that because that plays into the whole power play and the whole like rape situations that you commonly see in yaoi but it is but aside from that i feel i still feel like a bit of the show is necessary to break that wall to at least try to normalize it even though it's not completely normalized it's one step even if it's a half step back given is the better step it's the better option, I will say, because it, yes, ac- yes, it actually <laughs> it actually depicts an actual romance between two guys who are really in love with each other and not here for like the sex, the booty grabs, the the tasteful lewd shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's yeah. almost like I don't think Given could have existed without Yuri on Ice. You yes, know? Yeah. Given can't exist because Given is too soft. So how I see it is like Yuri on Ice is like that explosion. It's like it's like what every anime needs every like couple decades. Like Attack on Titan is the big splash for like CGI animation and just like gore and just you know being all over the place, action and wild, right? Yuri on Ice is also that, as in it, it like literally makes people more interested, more invested, or at least hear it more about yaoi and bl and the shonen eye genre and look into it and then given kind of just slides it in because it's just a romance but not everybody's into that romance you know people are into sports they're into action so they gravitate towards that and become exposed and then become like okay wait let's kind of take a couple steps back and look at other things that are out now 
you know, that type of thing. That's why a lot of Japanese broadcasts, I don't remember if it was Fuji TV or a different broadcasting station, but they have, they recently announced, I think half a year ago, that they were going to put up more BL Yaoi anime on broadcast, which is usually a thing、oh. that was not, um, not allowed, not that it wasn't allowed, but it was not commonplace in Japan. Um, so, what a, a really popular show that went up on their new, on their broadcast recently was, it's called Twittering Birds, which is actually. Yes! yes I、yeah. love that manga! Okay, go、yeah. continue. Yes,、yeah, so that, that manga got an anime adaptation and it was set up for that broadcast as a way to continue exposing more people to, like, the BL, the Yaoi, and the LGBTQ、uh, community in general. I really, and you know what? I really I like that author. So the author actually has,、um, she, she's not just a cis,、uh, a cis woman writing her fantasy. She's very good friends with、um, a gay man. She said this in an interview, but she was really good friends with a gay man who actually was part of the Yakuza. And、um, actually, the reason why Yakuza and like,、um, And gay men are so prevalent is because it's the same way that the mafia formed in the US. They felt very、um, vulnerable and you know, isolated, and they sort of like banded together, just have a sense of security, but it unfortunately became more of a dangerous, sort of toxic situation. And so,、um, and so she said that she, her, one of her really good friends is a gay man who used to be part of the Yakuza. And so that's where a lot of her stories came from, or that's where a lot of her research comes from as well. And so, just the fact that she's writing it to like sort of give、um, spotlight to the experiences that her friend has very much went through just makes it so much more insightful to me. So that's and poignant. And so that's why I really, really love her works. And her works are really just gorgeous, like her art and like the storytelling. That's really eye opening. I didn't know that it was based off of an actual personal experience with somebody who is gay and also from the Yakuza, which makes it、yeah. even more realistic. Yeah, and this is why a lot of her stories are gay men and Yakuza stories because, like, she is very much drawing from someone's personal experience,、uh, someone very close to her, obviously,、um, who, who trusts her and tells her these stories. So, and she did say in an interview, she was like, she wrote these stories on purpose to illustrate. Actually, not the romance, but really the struggles that they go through in、um, the Yakuza world because they think they feel safer there when in reality they actually get forced into more dangerous,、um, more toxic situations. So her, her stories are really brilliant and they're very, very well, well written. I agree with all of you guys. I,、um, while I definitely have critiques on Yuri on Ice's like, story as a whole, And、um, I definitely had trouble with their community, who I also found a little too overboard for the same <laughs> reasons we've discussed earlier about how the community, or about how, like, some of the reasons why we didn't like the community.、Um, I did think it made an important step of breaking that glass ceiling. And I also don't think Banana Fish would have happened without. Oh, yeah, Banana、oh. Fish, beloved. I- Oh yeah. man. Yeah, I don't think Banana Fish would have happened without Yuri on Ice. So, really, a lot of these new, like, really good, rich stories about gay couples that really represent them, I don't think would have been able to get here without、um, Yuri on Ice breaking that glass ce- ceiling. I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that makes me happy, you know, <laughs> mainly because I'm always down for good romance, regardless of sexuality. So please give it to me. <laughs> um, uh, Isabel, I know that you have, um, you know, you've definitely read some other ones that's not like just in Japan. Like you've read sort of like BL uh, like stories that are from other countries. Do you have one in mind that you would like to share with us or like talk about? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about more, um, like, kind of, like, the BL uh, shows as well as maybe uh, manga that's been coming out of both China and Korea. Uh, okay. Korean manhwas are pretty popular, I would say, mm-hmm. in the BL community, at least, and the fact that they're in, that they're in color also helps. Um, but I haven't seen a show. I, I think there's, like, a movie called Hyperventilation. It's a short film. <gasps> I've watched that. It's really good. <laughs> Wait, I actually watched it. It was really good. Well, I'm I mean, it up as we speak right now. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a sh- super short show, but like, it's really, it's really drawn beautifully. The art is beautiful as well as, um, and kind of like that relationship. I feel like there's not too many words. They dubbed it in both Korean and then they also get like Japanese voice actors as well. So they have a Japanese version and a Korean version. I don't know if they have a Chinese version, but seeing that come over from, you know, um, Korea and having, you know, Korean stories as well um, was really interesting to see. Um, I personally really like the story, even though it's like so short, it's like interaction. You barely know the people. There's no like, I, I believe there's no other manhwa for it. But um, and Agnes, you really like the movie as well. Is that correct? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> what made it so good? Since you guys said it's short, like, what what was it that made it so good? I guess it's, like, the vignette of how they were set up. Like, their, their childhood, like, affections towards each other mm-hmm. in high school. Uh, it's It's, like, you don't need a lot of the context. It's literally just, like, ten minutes of a context of how they got to know each other and that they still harbor feelings for each other after so many years of like not seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, it's 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 going to be a yaoi where there's going to be very implicit sex scenes at the end, but it's really absurdly sweet. Like it's it's cavity inducing. <laughs> I was about to say, did it give you a toothache? <laughs> it did. The ending is too good. <laughs> I was like I was like, crap, I think I've converted. <laughs> You've converted? <laughs> that's that's good that South Korea is, or there's South Korean manhwas doing that, because I know the LGBTQ community in South Korea are fighting really hard for their rights, so I'm sure like that's a good thing to have culturally, I think, because of how hard they've been fighting. I might need to check it out as well because I, I, I don't I well, I rarely read um, manga and manhua as a whole, but I might need to start checking it out if you know, it seems like you it seems like Isabel, you almost like them better than like the Japanese manga. Is that correct? Or... I think so, because when you look at back at the Japanese anime, most of them feel a little bit older in a sense. Mm, um, OK, and not not something. There's not too many recent ones. I feel like, you know, Given's one of them, but. I can't really name any others. Maybe I forgot that other one that I saw. Dakaretai or something where it's like. Oh, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that one was okay. Uh, but even <laughs> that was 
you know, a, a couple years, I feel like a couple years back. So I'm looking at more recent ones. I don't know if you guys have heard of um, the Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation or... Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Yeah, 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 I heard uh, about it. I actually watched a couple um, episodes of that one, but I actually watched the drama itself, which is on Netflix. It's called The Untamed, and I was kind of blown away by, like, the... Because it, it, China kind of um, censors, you know, uh, BL or any type <gasps> Wait, of Wait, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Sorry yeah. for the loud gas. No <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they kind of censor that. Like, it's in the novel that, you know, they have more explicit scenes. They actually have romantic feelings for each other. But the way that um, they play it off as more bromance and uh, they don't, they don't, they, I mean, it looks like they have relation, you know, um, they have feelings for each other. But, you know, it's not shown. I'm pretty sure it's not shown in the in the anime itself uh, neither is it in the drama but it's just a really strong bromance and but you also see like everything else that is in a relationship so like trusting each other and then also you know knowing about each other like what the other person's going to do so like having that connection or seeing that connection at least is really nice to me and then um, the other one that's airing right now also on Funimation uh, the heaven officials blessing i'm interested to see where that, that one is goes. really and good it's very culturally based as well because it's, this is kind of like a cultivation type no- a novel but or show and then it's kind of based in a different type of world that's really really chinese um so i'm interested to see where that will go and i'm sure they have diff- other ones that are coming down as well um, from novels yeah, um, an interesting tidbit about China. So I, I am Chinese once again, so mm-hmm. I can't speak to it personally. Oh, um, but uh, unfortunately, yes, the communist uh, China, uh, Chinese government does censor it. And essentially, you can't ever explicitly say that they're a gay couple, but you can essentially do enough innuendos slash indirectly to to make people be like, oh, yeah, they are a gay couple. But um, what's particularly interesting is that as of now uh, in Chinese culture, in regards to um, in regards to our generation of people and Generation Z in China, it's like it's been fully accepted slash embraced. And so mm-hmm. and my cousin um, described the reason why is um because I was like, you know, like I already pointed out, but, you know, with the West, uh, the reason why there was pushback was because of religion. And there really isn't that much of religion in like um, Eastern countries and specifically China. There is not that much religion at all. And so and so my uh, cousin is explained that really the bigger pushback is from the older generation is this underlying theme of like bloodlines and like um, like like um continuing the family line and so and this is why um emperors in uh china had um so many concubines because everything was about reproducing everything was about having as many kids as possible so your bloodline can continue and that's sort of like underlying stuff that the old chinese society ancient chinese society really really cared about carried over into into like modern society of like this is why um asian families in particular have a big push on having kids like a much much bigger push on having kids than the western culture does and so obviously an obstacle to lgbtq communities at times is that they can't have kids Mm -hmm. and um but thanks to um Thanks to the more individualistic thinking that um, 
that like our generation and like Generation Z people have in China where they've sort of like they started distancing themselves from the idea of the family unit or more specifically familial piety. You should continue your bloodline because your parents were raised you to do that sort of thing. It becomes so much easier to accept the LGBTQ community. So that's why um, those stories are very, very popular in China, very well celebrated and loved. And and in the same way, like now my cousins, like no one really in his grade of like and in his friends in his grade of people cares if someone is gay or lesbian or bi or like or, you know, recognizes themselves as queer. Like it really doesn't matter to them at all anymore. It's just the government is the only thing that's sort of like stopping it from being allowed to like become legal so just a little interesting tidbit i wanted to share um (laughs) oh yeah thank you that's good to know too and yeah i really wish that they would be able to you know fully be able to show what these stories are you know in any type of media type form yep i mean i hope so too because um i haven't seen it but i have heard really great things about that um like the, uh, I don't even remember the name. What did you call it again? The one that's on Netflix. Um, oh, the Untamed show. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. yes. I heard great things about um about that about the stories for that. Have you heard of them at all, Agnes? I have heard of Untamed, uh, but I have not watched it on Netflix. However, I have watched Heaven's Official Blessing. Ooh, oh, so you, what did you think yeah, of it? What do you think of it so it's far? It's really good. It's really <laughs> yeah. <good. laughs> I will, I will say, like, the f- one thing I really like about Heaven's Official Blessing is that the first three episodes is very hyper-focused on the mystery. The oh. One of the, the princes from the, from the heavens is so- somewhat of a troublemaker and often gets kind of, like, banished to, like, a lower realm. Oh, and no, has he's to fulfill. <laughs> but he's not like he's not a bad guy. It's more of just like he's kind of like very passive. It kind of makes mistakes, like oopsies, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the god or the the higher uh, echelons send him on multiple tasks in order to redeem himself, regain the man and the divinity, in, in order to ascend back to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so the first story, the first arc, focuses on one of the tasks that he is given is to investigate a murder of several brides that brides that go through a mountain. Uh, these brides are often kidnapped or killed, and mm. the people in the village, the at least the high officials, desperately prayed to the gods to help them. And so he was sent down along with two junior officials in order to assess the situation and figure out, like, what's going on? Like, is it a demon? Is it, like, a spirit that's, like has vengeance on the area. So it's a very, very deep plot. It's full of, like, action and suspense. But the one thing that really caught me was there's one scene where it is the true, like, romantic scene um, that's just absolutely gorgeous, but also kind of grotesque, too, because of the way that they show it in this horror-esque style. Mm-hmm. Um, so for... This is slightly spoilery. So they he encounters a briar forest, where it is raining blood. The raining blood is from some demon that has been hanging up, you know, the corpses of the people that it's slayed. Mostly um, the procession of, like, servants and guards that escort the bride. And the god, the prince in question is like, oh man, you know, I have to get through this forest to see what's on the other side. And suddenly he is escorted by somebody very mysterious and 
underneath this red rain or like blood of rain, the stranger literally pulls out an umbrella and like, sh- like escorts him through the briar wood as the rain falls on them. It looks very romantic, but it's very grotesque because it's blood. <laughs> I love it! <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's beautiful in the sense that it seems so aesthetically Chinese. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is that the color is red, which is the color for marriage as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so for context, the god, the, the prince himself, in order to like lure out the beast or whatever that has been attacking these brides, he purposely dresses him up as a bride. So he's dressed in red as well. And he's escorted by the stranger underneath the red umbrella through a red blood forest. And I'm like, man, you know, these implications, though. <laughs> I mean, I love it, though, because it's like, it's just, it's clever, in my opinion. It's just very clever, yeah. Uh, Overall, though, its execution is pretty good. I will say that the subtitles is very fast to read, only because it was originally posted onto Bilibee. And they, and it's, and there's no way that you can slow down the subtitles because those have already been, like, cemented in the video. You just have to learn to keep up with it. Okay, I see. I mean, are they speaking in Chinese? Because I don't need the subtitles. It's in, yeah, it's in Chinese. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people on Funimation, Funimation for some reason advertised it as Japanese. So a lot of people in the comments were like kind of angry. They're like, oh my God, it's not Japanese. Why is it Chinese? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, why are you guys here? <laughs> I, I came here to see like a Chinese donghua in an animation come to fruition like i'm not here to hear like japanese voice actors and actresses in the donghua like that doesn't make sense to me also chinese uh chinese voice actors are honestly really good because uh voice acting is a pretty big thing in china as well because they do voiceovers for even dramas so oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like it's not gonna be bad voice acting at all they voice acting it's just, is very seriously taken in that country <laughs> it's just a different way of how they express themselves that's different from japanese Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So like the the common like, uh, I guess, like intonations and reactions that you hear in Japanese, like you know how like in Japanese anime here like yeah or like or yeah. you know kind of thing <laughs> like from Sakura from Card Chapter Sakura, you won't hear that in Chinese. It's they have very different tones. Chinese sounds very smooth and dulcet. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese is more expressive, but you just kind of get used to it. And you're like, okay, wait, this is actually a pretty good show for its flavor. Yeah. Otherwise, it's great. I totally recommend it. The The, the implied romance BL scene is great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay, we're running, uh, we're basically running close on time here. So um, to wrap it all up, I guess, um, do you guys have any final thoughts or say on this topic? Aside from, you know, go watch those specific animes that we've discussed that we would like you to watch. My my final say is that I, I'm happy that the community and the fandom overall is changing as more people are starting to um, accept the LGBTQ community in uh, Asian countries. Um, because even something recently where um, I, I got recommended that clip again on YouTube, that Yaoi clip that had rape that originally p- pushed me away from um, the community and like these stories as when I was a teenager. And I clicked it out of curiosity to see if the comments had changed. And they had. Um, the top comment is not anymore talking about how hot the scenes are. 
the top comment is actually, um, or I assume is a woman because her profile pic is a woman, um, is actually a woman who says, this is really gross because this is rape. And rape is rape and it's not romantic. And anyone who watches this and thinks that this is okay really needs to look within themselves and or and start looking at other stories that are truly romantic between gay couples. And that was the top comment on this YouTube clip now. And so that gave me warm, fuzzy feelings inside, and it made me happy to see how it's changed. And I have definitely become much more open to the community because of the changes, as, as well as the increase in better storytelling and, like, better character writing. So that's sort of my final thoughts on this. What about you two? Yeah, I agree with you. I hope, you know, as, as you know, time goes on, everything will, everything has changed, as you can see. So I'm just hope, wishing that we can have more of these stories um, in the future and, you know, shown to their fullest extent and uh, being able to kind of have these stories in mind uh, I kind of also put BLs almost on my replacement for, like we said in our shoujo podcast, where not enough romance has been coming out. I'm hoping BL and as well as more shoujo will be available. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Agnes? <laughs> Pretty much the same sentiments. I hope that we continue to get more of these shows that are representative of the LGBT community. And it just continues to educate us anime fans more. I think this is a wonderful way to end the episode. Um, This was a fun topic, wasn't it, guys? (laughs) (laughs) It was very fun. I hope everyone enjoyed our very long discussion about this. And I hope you guys will still stay with us next week as we talk about even more fun topics along the way. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.